Welcome to What the Hex, your source for Warhammer Underworlds, and under 30 days until Adepticon. Oh, oh my no. goodness. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, um, so for some context for you, we've we've got just over two weeks to go until the uh, the real the real uh, shindig here. Um, so feeling a little bit stressed about that, <laughs> <laughs> but it's good. It'll be fun. Yeah. Um, our topic for today uh, is going to be some additional uh, adepta prep, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we played. So this is actually the third time that we've played our Adepticon decks into each other. Is that right? Yeah, I believe that's correct. Yeah. So so we did a um, recording of the game, and we're going to try and uh, give you a little bit of a quick rundown of how the game went and some of the uh, sort of lessons learned and some things that you know we thought about as we were doing this that you can sort of try to apply to your games as you prepare for uh, tournaments or if you're just generally trying to get better with a specific deck. Mm. But as usual, we've got a few normal uh, topics before we head into the meat of this. Um, So uh, Dave, you got any community shout outs? Yeah, it's relatively short time since we last recorded. So uh, we... uh... We haven't had a lot of chance for any new content to come out, but uh, I just wanted to shout out hanging out on the discords in general um, through that avenue. I've run into uh, folks, and specifically I'm going to shout on this one is uh, Lethanum, who I, we've interacted with before, but uh, he's been a sounding board for um, a faction that I basically don't know very much about, i.e. purifiers, which I've been uh, working on, as as listeners will know. Um, so... As I as I encounter challenges or successes, I've I've been pinging off him, and I think uh, uh, through several degrees of separation, some other people as he's passing on some things. Um, it's just a great way to uh, encounter other people, uh, some takes outside your own area. Like, you know, I could try to talk purifiers locally, but no one else has played them much. Certainly not recently. Um, yeah, and so uh, it's a nice way to uh, to talk to somebody who you know, might have some more experience with a faction and, uh, people are really surprisingly accommodating and open about, uh, chatting. So, uh, thanks to the discord community for that sort of thing. And, uh, Lethenum in, in particular, that's my community shout out. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I had a similar, um, experience with crushes. I hadn't played them a whole lot. I, I didn't get like a ton of feedback. Um, but I, I didn't push really hard to try and find like specific things but i you know within posting the deck i got you know three or four responses almost immediately to say like you know either they liked certain things or thought there was certain things that were worth uh considering or taking out so yeah if if you're um even remotely interested in trying to get lots of different viewpoints and opinions on decks discord is a good way to do it there's a number of different avenues there but uh yeah, feel free to check them out. Sure. And uh, hobbying time. Um, I, again, I mean, we haven't had a ton of time since the last time we recorded, but uh, at least for me, I have really only just been focusing on crushes, generally just trying to make those last few cuts, trying to like 
figure out like what are the one or two sort of borderline pieces that I need to sort of solidify here. Mm. But not much else. I probably should be painting, but I think at this point, I I, I think that ship has pretty well sailed. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're uh, you're gonna commit to the uh, the green. Yeah, I think I think green is a good color for some <laughs> green skins, and we can we can be happy with that. I might just right. bring along some painted stuff just to be like, this is fun. <laughs> and I, I mean, we're gonna be there. Sure. For so long, maybe I'll bring a second deck too. Yeah, I mean, uh, when we when we possibly crash and burn on the first day, we might still be yeah. looking for a game the next day. So bring, <laughs> bring a change up to wash the sting of defeat out of your brain. Definitely. How about you? You got anything from the hobby side of things? Well, to complicate my situation, the only thing worse than being about two weeks out from Adepticon is being two weeks out from Adepticon uh, with a big event in between that and this. So. Uh, I have our annual game cabin where uh, myself and some of the dads from my neighborhood get together, play a whole bunch of board games. It's awesome. People make great food and we uh, do some do some hiking through the snow and play a ton of board games. What that means, though, is that some of the prime painting time is uh, getting chewed up by uh, <laughs> <laughs> by this. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to be up against it a little bit. Um, I, I have not yet conceded to uh, unpainted, but we, we shall see. Um, uh, I, I did crank out a lot of painting. Uh, unfortunately, it was on uh, little airplanes for <laughs> aeronautic imperialists. Uh, Ooh, wanted to yeah. wanted to bring a dogfighting game. We haven't played any aircraft games before. so That game looks fun. I haven't tried it yet. I'll let you know in a couple weeks. Sounds good. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Anything else before we dive in here? No, let's do it. Okay. So our uh, our battle report, if you haven't been paying attention to any of our sort of Adepticon prep stuff, we are prepping uh, crushes and purifiers. Um, so how about maybe give people a quick rundown of sort of where you started at with your purifiers, where you are now, and then maybe some of the lessons you learned to get to where you are. So I had started with like a hyper defensive build. I thought, you know, they've got, they don't have great uh, wounds, but they got great uh, defensive stats, especially if they can get inspired. And they have some infaction that are relatively passive. Uh, so I was looking at like something with guard because um, they have a, a surge for having everyone on guard and they have a caster and, uh, you know, some of the some of the passive scoring from casters, like just having gambit spells in your discard. Um, but what I found was that it was just a little bit too hard to really hang back. And uh, I've done that. I've done that very passive thing before with uh, in my my team tournament monologue days. And I thought I'd try something a little more flexible. Um, so uh, it has morphed into something flex um, where it has some passive scoring, some aggressive scoring. Uh, and I, I do like that challenge of adapting to what I'm seeing out there. So, uh, against something very aggro, like, I don't know, crushes, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I might try to lay back, um, and score some passive glory to power up, to, uh, meet, meet the challenge as it comes. Um, so, uh, I am sitting on 16 glory, uh, in the current iteration. It's, that's kind of gone up and down a little bit, but 16 glory in the objective deck, uh, with a 10, 11 split, um, that's for a 21 power card, 10 gamuts, 11 upgrades uh, that uh, a number of people are, are running. Uh, um, it hasn't been as bad as I would have thought. 
So <laughs> what, what sort of, uh, what is the 11th upgrade that's pushing you over? Um, it is a mix. So, uh, weirdly, like, I guess I could just make it easier by, by clipping silent ring out of there, which is a draw card. Um, but, uh, but I am trying to keep silver lining in and that, that, uh, so it's, it's not even necessarily an upgrade that's keeping it. It's a, it's a objective that's uh, keeping sure. it at 10, 11, so. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, what about you? What's your what's your broad overview, and where'd you start, and where are you at now? Yeah, so I started with the, uh, so I sort of started with the old smash and grab type, um, hold two, crushes sort of base come that you know coming from the previous season and sort of what they were trying to do, um, and so the idea then morphed sort of into this like more aggro hold to because now we have so many of these like go stand in enemy territory on feature tokens type objectives and i found that generally that was tough because you only have the three fighters they're slow and that if you do that a lot of your glory ends up being very dependent on being able to hold your ground and not get pushed around mm. um and it sort of also dictates your positioning so you're not always being optimal about where you stand to make attacks. Sure. And I found that that wasn't working very well, uh, particularly into your deck. <laughs> um, Bahanar was a real problem <laughs> because I kind of had to choose between charging in and trying to hit your fighters or stand on hexes to score my objectives. And if I stood on the hexes, what generally happened then is Bahanar stands two hexes away mm -hmm. and just pummels me with his hammer. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, learning from that, I've switched to a complete aggro build that is more, I guess I would say like the surges are actually fairly passive, trying to be able to score without dice. And then a lot of the end phase are the bigger like old deeds, clean kills type things where you're trying to just get big scores in the end phase if possible mm -hmm. just to kind of make up for some of the lower total and um in doing that i do have a 15 glory total right now um still you know adjusting like one or two things um but but that's pretty pretty stable right now as 15 glory i don't expect that to go up and so I, it's a I little guess that count though uh do you have primacy in that deck I do have primacy, not okay. a lot, but um, having primacy does help a, a little. Um, right. So, you, I mean, it <laughs> means you activate the primacy, uh, you know, the, the primacy mechanic. And I think given that you're unlikely to give it up very often and with your damage output, you can almost count yourself as like a, a 16 glory deck. You're, you're, yeah. Yeah. yeah I'd, I'd feel comfortable saying you're probably going to net one extra glory per game. It could be more than that. It might be a lot more than that, but uh, yeah, um, I think... Even if you lose it once, is... you probably get it twice, or you'll get it once, and the other guy won't get it at all. So. Yeah, yeah, I think one is usually a pretty safe bet. So yeah, sixteen, yeah. I guess, is a is a fair a fair uh, spot to be considering the deck at. And I'm also at ten eleven split, um, mostly because I wasn't sure what to cut, and I'm also running silver lining. So mm -hmm. I decided I'd just put in one more upgrade just to sort of mm -hmm. stack that a little bit. And the extra upgrade is a uh, illusion okay um, oh yeah so nice. it doesn't it doesn't hurt me it's actually phantom darts so it gives me a little bit of range 
which mm-hmm. is nice um, for all these range one beaters. Get some uh, extra wah counters. Yeah, yeah, that's that's another thing. Getting inspired with making range attacks. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty much it for me. I mean, it's it's run forward and smash, which feels pretty nice. <laughs> um, has been hit or miss in the purifier matchup, but uh, that's why we are doing these games. Yeah. Well, and also it should be noted that like some of these, this more aggressive build, this is the first time you we've done it with this version. Correct. Uh, our yeah. yeah. Our, our previous matchups were, um, I was still doing hold two and it sure. did, it was much tougher. Mm-hmm. Um, go ahead. Any sort of things you're still considering with these current changes uh, before we dive into the game? Um, no. Did you want to talk about like uh, matchup specific thoughts? Uh, well, that's a good idea. We should do that. Yeah. Uh, so for me, and and here, you know, I was I was thinking about this matchup a little bit and having played it a couple times, uh, I knew like some crucial cards to watch out for was your uh, brutal reprisal. Whereas yep. if I successfully land an attack, um, that uh, you'll get the chance to uh, attack back if we're adjacent. So you can prevent the drive back and then attack back. Um, and then I know that you've got a lot of push. Um, so uh, counter charge um, being a, one, I think you pulled the combo twice where it was a, uh, I took, I tried to take a range attack. I'll just chip something off and you counter charged, um, which felt bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> countercharged and then uh, brutal reprisal right after the attack. I was like, "Oh no!" Um, so I was uh, I was pretty cognizant of of that specific one, um, and knowing that uh, uh, you coming in with three damage on two of your fighters means that two of them, even off the bat, are are able to one shot. Um, there's there's a silver lining, so to speak, on that, which is that any damage upgrades you have in the deck are uh, a little bit dead cards for you, um, mm-hmm. because you uh, you can't kill me anymore. I'm already dead. Um, yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> how much more uh, dead can I get? Yeah. Uh, so a lot of what I'm doing is trying to uh, get there with improving my defense values or improving my defense dice or getting rerolls on defense and that sort of thing. Just making it hard to even land the hit in the first place. Um, my specific bit of tech that I, uh, thought of uh, when, when I was thinking about this, I was like, well, let's see until I've seen brutal reprisal. Um, if I can, it's better to attack from, uh, not adjacent. And, uh, I would rather attack, uh, like thug who's only got two damage before upgrades or, uh, or art skull who, does three damage but is until he's inspired he's only swinging on two fury and then even after inspiration if both he and morgok are inspired he's still less accurate as three fury versus uh i believe three fury with a reroll that is correct so um those are those are some of the considerations that i at least had going into the game whether i whether i retain those or not is another uh thing that we'll discuss so yeah fair um so for me uh having learned <laughs> to fear Bahanar, um, because I always forget that he starts with uh, being able to inspire very easily because it's roll all successes gets the inspire. And once he's inspired, he's hitting for three damage. Yeah. Uh, that you can pretty quickly be up to three or four damage, mm. which is putting 
me at risk of getting too shotted even with some of the healing tech mm. and some of the uh, damage reduction that crushers run now i'll Normally, challenge that his inspiration is easy uh because on, <laughs> on, on offense and defense it's it's basically like a one and four every time he he makes a or every it time is. he makes a defensive role or an offensive role uh once rerolls get in the mix and it, it starts turning up quite a bit yeah and i think that uh you have a good idea and i mean i guess you could correct me if i'm wrong but i think you have a good idea of when it's appropriate to try and burn the ether quartz for mm -hmm. those rerolls because mm -hmm. um getting behind our inspired can be a really big deal especially if it happens early um so with that in mind i especially for this game i wanted to specifically try because my thinking was that if i can just kill bahanar then the rest of the game becomes easier mm -hmm. um i you know at that point your damage caps pretty low and I still have a ton of hit points. So it makes you have to work really hard for kills. Sure. Um, and all of your weapons that are r longer reach are less effective then um, as well. So mm -hmm. it, uh, it it seemed like if, if I was going to win, I needed to just kill Bahanar. So it was like, let's take all the risks and just throw <laughs> everything we can at him. And once he's gone... Sure. Kind of figure out the rest of the game from there. Mm -hmm. um, definitely was cognizant of your pushes as well, because being reach one, uh, it's fairly easy to end up out of charge range right. with these guys. So right. I was trying my best to always be putting myself sort of in position for future turns as well. Where it's like, well, even if you push me away, I can probably still make a charge, even if it's not optimal. Mm. But that's about it for this matchup. Do you have any other general matchup thoughts of things you're just trying to consider in the deck for the sort of majority of matchups that you think you would expect to see? Uh, well, mostly this is a, I feel like I have some concerns that I have a little bit too much in damage upgrades. Um, it's challenging because I don't start with anybody more than damage two. Mm -hmm. Um, and honestly, I only have one guy who inspires to more than damage two. So it feels like damage is, is something that I need to correct by and large. It's just that some matchups I've, I've definitely played games where I was like, well, Bonnar is doing like seven damage right now. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of hey. out of control. You might um, need to kill a Molog, right? You might. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to think about that. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, it's a thing where, like, where you you have a warband, you decide: am I going to cover their weakness, or am I going to like uh, build on their strength? Right. So, yeah. uh, a couple weaknesses I have are low starting damage and low starting health. Uh, I don't have enough resources to cover both of those right now. I'm covering the damage. Um, but I can make them pretty survivable. So like maybe there's a build where you, I lean harder into even more survivability. Um, so that that's kind of the, the fulcrum that I'm, I'm balancing, uh, deck decisions on right now. Um, uh, so it's, it's tough. Uh, what I, my, the thing I like to do with decks is say like, okay, here's a card I was considering. Here's what I'd swap it for. When I draw that card, let me think about how much better it would or would not feel to have, this uh, alternate card in so yep. uh, i didn't have one specifically for that because i'd made a few changes here 
Um, specifically, I'd, uh, I'd had Heartstone Amulet, which is uh, reduce all incoming damage by one. And I decided to try out Champion's Fortitude instead. Swap that out, which is uh, uh, re-roll on defense uh, with the idea that it would help me inspire. Um, and then once inspired, it would just help me survive. Uh, Heartstone in certain circumstances felt like really good. Uh, and others, it was inconsequential. So, yeah, um, that was kind of the the big change to to check out on this one. Makes sense. Um, I like that idea of like, am I building towards my strength or am I mm -hmm. building towards my weaknesses? That's yeah. I think with certain war bands, you have to work one way or the other. I thinking about that, I think I pretty well decided to build towards the weaknesses for crushes um hmm. movement i think is their biggest weakness um and an accuracy i think is probably the second but uh even that's a bit of a stretch i mean they're pretty accurate for an aggressive warband um especially morgok once he gets especially inspired yeah yeah um but, but so like you said, I do have a number of pushes in the deck to try and make up for that. I do have uh, a number of different ways to add extra dice. Um, and so, I mean, that's a lot of the deck. And then I do have, <laughs> I do have three damage upgrades, but <laughs> one of them is Berserk Rage. Mm. Uh, so it's adding accuracy, accuracy as well. Yeah. Yeah. So it's sort of incidental accuracy uh strength boost. berserk rage being the one out of arena mourners too which is uh plus one dice plus one damage and you're you automatically roll no successes on yeah. your defensive rolls which is yeah. actually i was really impressed at what a good card it was for you because like you're only one dice on defense and you have a huge stack of health so you kind of don't get like it felt real bad once that was out yeah uh, especially so, once any healing comes into play so the main idea with this card is that I always, if I can, I put it on to uh, Ard Skull. He's the mm. one who inspires to have Scything Attack. Mm. So he's getting plus one dice and plus one damage for his Scything Attack. So then he's Gross. three Fury, yeah. three damage Scything, which feels really bad for folks. And then uh, if I do that, then all the healing and wound upgrades go on him. And then, it's, you know, at that point, you're basically just relying on having enough hit points that it's like, I don't yeah. know, you got to hit me three or four times. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, it has come back to bite me, but I think more often than not, I've been happy with it, even if he ends up dead. Fair. But that's the decks. Um, any final thoughts before we dive into the game? No, nope, let's go for it. All right. So, uh, we are just going to sort of not exactly blow by blow here, but we will give some some general ideas of what's happening in the game so that mm -hmm. you're not lost. And uh, we will we'll try and keep it uh, at a reasonable pace here for you folks. Sure. Uh, so start things off. Uh, we we had our roll for boards and I believe I won that roll. Sure did. Yeah. Uh, and, what did you take and why? So I, I had uh, you place the first board mm -hmm. so that I had choice over orientation because I know that anytime I can make sure that there's no offset, it's going to benefit me because like I said, uh, speed is my weakness. Um, I want to be able to get all these three wound fighters into combat turn one if I can. Um, so force the deployment um to be 
in my favor uh, is is going to be what I want to do as often as possible. The hallway yeah. is probably the <laughs> scary thing that I do not want to see. Now it occurs to me that uh, I think all three times we've played this matchup, we've you have we've ended up with this where you're aligning yeah. the boards. So we certainly have, and it is something I am very cognizant of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what board do you? Oh, so I got to place the first board. You do. Um, uh, I'm looking through these and. I'm knowing that you're going to uh, set wide, try and get as close as possible. Uh, and so looking through boards, um, I should uh, think about this a little harder, but uh, Hive of Sacrifice and Mirror Well are two boards that are very similar. No matter which way you orient, I'm going to be able to put three pretty far back. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, uh, deciding on those, I think I ended up going for um, Mirror Well. Um, and uh, I think in retrospect, maybe I would next time go with Hive of Sacrifice, but it's not, again, they're almost identical boards. So yeah, uh, not not a big difference. Um, and it lets me set up in a way to kind of support in general. Um, you uh, come back with, uh, with the Chamber of Genesis. Genesis. Yeah, okay. So there's actually a couple boards similar to this, and it doesn't really matter to me which one I use. It's I just want to have two starting hexes that are on that front line Mm. um, so that I can have two fighters as close as possible to enemy territory and then one who is, you know, relatively close, one hex off. Mm -hmm. Um, In doing that, it it pretty much guarantees that there's a turn one charge for two fighters. Uh, It's not guaranteed completely, like, I mean, I guess if there was like a three fighter warband who really wanted to play defensively, they could completely stop me from charging on turn one yeah um but that doesn't come up that often anymore yeah i don't see a lot of curse breakers or other warbands like that yeah um so next up is objectives uh i draw one three and four and the one is important because i have uh traced the ley lines which is uh if i can have a fighter one fighter within one or more or with one or less hex within one or fewer hexes of that in the end phase. So that's a pretty easy score. I know it's in my deck. So I just know that I want to place one in a, in a place that's safe and easy. That's about all the thinking I'm doing on these. <laughs> Fair. Um, and then, and then putting, you know, putting them in generally where I can go stand on them um, for, uh, for some extra uh, cover protection and then the option to flip them. Yeah. And I know that, from playing this matchup a couple of times that you do care about holding some objectives. So I choose to leave mine fairly far back. Um, mm-hmm. This board is actually not great for deploying them far away, but mm-hmm. I think it's, they're far enough away. Like you're not going to want to come running past me. I don't think. Right. So I'm fine with just keeping them in the back. And then um, I chose not to use a cover hex uh at all Mm -hmm. because i don't need to have those landing spots as much as they would help you or potentially other matchups for having uh feature tokens to stand in sure um so and i do place one i place it a little in your territory kind of forgetting that you don't care uh, about (laughs) them um in retrospect i might have placed it in mine to give myself another spot to maneuver to for extra protection but yeah um that's that uh drawing cards uh as the as the 
player place the first board, I'm going to have to make a decision first. So I've drawn prize beyond measure, uh, which is uh, score immediately if at the end of an activation I have a friend, surviving friendly fighter on an objective with three or more upgrades. Not great in the first round. I've got trace the ley lines, which uh, is a one glory that I, I should be able to score without too much trouble. I have placed objective one pretty far back, so that feels pretty safe. And I've drawn silver lining. The efficacy of that depends on my power card hand. Uh, power cards are glory seeker, heated instinct, um, so glory seeker, extra damage, heated instinct to push, which is better on quarries, which is not going to have a channel of Zenith, which is a elemental, uh, ploy that, uh, I can inspire somebody or I can burn their ether quartz to permanently inspire them. It's either last for the round or for an ether quartz last, um, forever, uh, channel the wind, which is a ping damage or a ping two, if I want to burn an ether quartz and then silent ring. So I got three no i've got two upgrades of three gamuts so silver lining is not going to score here um so i have to decide am i going to toss the uh power card hand or am i going to toss the uh objectives and uh thinking about it um the objectives feel bad i don't like chasing for silver lining um so i decide to yep. i decide with uh, a push and that ping damage um, and the inspire and a damage, like I, I've got some pretty good stuff. If I draw into, uh, my one for, uh, playing a, playing a, um, uh, uh, elemental, there's elemental blessing. If I, uh, play an upgrade, I, then I've got that easy. So I decide I'm going to toss my objective cards, uh, and, uh, keep my, uh, power cards. What that translates to me, uh, is unfortunately I draw into path to victory, which means I have to. <laughs> kill a guy and hold two objectives not impossible um no. uh i it's if i focus i i sh i've got a decent chance of getting one honestly thinking about this in retrospect somehow i got it in my head that this i needed to have two dead so i don't think i even thought about this for uh, a lot so mm. it'd be interesting to look at this and see uh if i if i left that on the table force of the avalanche which yeah. feels real bad i've got to kill somebody um I have to kill somebody with an attack equal to or greater than their wounds characteristic, which is mm. El Horrible against Crusher. Yeah. <laughs> and contest the equals, which is almost certainly going to happen. You want to attack, I'm going to throw some attacks. So yeah. uh, this doesn't feel great, and it doesn't feel like a total disaster either. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What What are you looking at? Yeah, so objective-wise, I'm feeling pretty good. I've got Reckless Swing, the Awesome Predator, and... Um, Oruk Cunning. So when I drew those, I felt like, okay, this is solid, but I need to have a good power hand for Oruk mm -hmm. Cunning. Um, just as a quick rundown, for those who don't know, Reckless Swing is a surge that you score if the uh, target of your attack has more supporting fighters than you, which is usually pretty easy. You just have to make kind of a suboptimal charge. Yeah. But you it has to be a range one attack, right? It does have to be a range one attack. It's not a big deal, but yeah, I, I mean, that's everything the crushes have anyway. So more often than not, it's just, hey, make an attack. Mm -hmm. um, but that's like usually free glory for me. Uh, awesome Predator, if you have Primacy, which is doable, or if you have a um, attack with damage characters to a four or more, you score this in the end phase for one. Yeah. And then Aura Cunnan, you need to score this for having played your third or subsequent gambit in a single phase mm -hmm. or round. Um, that one can be tough, but if you have three good uh, 
gambits, it's pretty easy. So in terms of the power cards, I have Primal Lunge, uh, Blunt Force Master, Berserk Fortitude, uh, Commanding Stride, and Brutal Reprisal. So three, the three that are the surges feel really strong here. Uh, Commanding Stride lets me push Morgok three, and since I can put him on that starting line, because of your board choice, I have a lot of landing spots for him with that into your territory. Yeah. Um, brutal reprisal is just always good. There's a high chance of being attacked at some point where I can kind of manufacture a reaction to get an extra attack. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Berserk Fortitude has probably ruined more people's days than <laughs> uh, any other card that crushes play. Yeah. Um, being able to reduce damage at reaction speed is always strong but being able to potentially reduce damage by more than one can really catch people off guard yeah um and so well primal lunge and blunt force master are not strong starting upgrades to have i'm perfectly fine with keeping this hand um primal lunge is you know you can potentially get an extra move or attack for discarding primacy f during activation which mm-hmm. could still come up and mm-hmm. blunt force master is theoretically extra pushes or extra uh, accuracy if you can get yeah. the staggers on so yeah um we roll off for deployment we do and uh I win it, yeah. so I have you start because you have more fighters than me. All right. So I've got uh, three spots back, one slightly forward, and uh, my plan is I'm going to put my two fighters that start on a single defense die, um, uh, both back behind Bahanar, uh, yep. so that if you choose to use pushes or whatever to get at them because they're farther away than you should be able to get to without uh, without power card help, then Bahanar can wail on you. Uh, and the idea being that if you want to go after Bahanar, he's defending on two shields uh, prior to inspiration. That feels pretty good, um, which means that we're both kind of going the same strategy as like live or die on Bahanar. Yeah. Um, and in terms of my deployment, I like I said, I've got two fighters on the front line and then one f- further back. Uh, the two on the front line are Ard Skull and Morgok. They both start at three damage. So if I get lucky, they can... Uh, Either one of them can take out Bahanar in a single hit. Mm-hmm. And then I've got Thug a little further back, just sort of as the, like, you bring him in, he's going to do something, but sure. he's the more accurate fighter. He doesn't hit as hard. Yeah. Um, on the roll, uh, you've got the critical advantage, so uh, I end up losing. I have to go first. Uh, and I actually decide here, I see an opportunity to charge Sanella onto a uh, objective and lob a lofted shot at Morgok. Um, I, I do this for a few reasons. Bahanar is in between, so I know even if you have counter charge, there's no way you can counter charge up to Sanella um, yep. because it's uh, with this positioning, it's actually uh, four away, but you you would have to push four to get back to, at me because Bahanar is in the way. So this feels pretty good. It feels like. Um, in the best situation I can deal damage and drive you back um, and then get Morgok down a little bit. Um, but also available is a uh, tie, um, which would also force you back and score me contest equals. And that's exactly what happens. Yeah. Um, it's also got me 
on a cover hex, which is a little bit more defense and Sunel is actually next to a couple fighters. So there's no way to attack her without giving supports right now. So, uh, even though Sunel is on a single die, uh, I mean, I guess there's also the outside chance of an inspire here, but, uh, I get a crit single, you get a shield. Uh, I score one glory right out of the gate for, uh, contest to equals. Uh, and that feels all right. Unfortunately, I draw into, uh, prize beyond measure which was a card i specifically <laughs> discarded because i didn't think it was very good in the first round and here i am holding it again yeah um, but as things go this feels like an okay opening uh sequence yeah. um uh you are up first you got three fighters and four activations so what's what's your thought here so my initial thought is just um i have time to sit back but i also don't want to get chipped at too much because I've already seen that you've pushed Morgok away, which mm. does limit my options for charging. Mm -hmm. um, and I want to be able to get at Bahnar. That's sort of the the experiment in this game was like, if I'm really aggressive against Bahnar, can I kind of blow the game up uh, mm -hmm. early? So this, the start is to just have Ardskull go in and just take a risky attack to just try and take out Bahnar. Yeah. Um, there's not much risk of him dying right away. You'd have to hit him quite a few times. And uh, if he gets lucky, that puts things in a really good spot for me. Yeah, I uh, I think I at first, as you were making this, I'm like, this sounds great. Two Fury against two Shields is awesome. Uh, but as I thought about it more after the game, I was like, that's actually a pretty strong play because there's there's like the the upside is huge. The downside is relatively low. Yeah, and um, I guess another sort of small factor here, although it, it's not likely that Ardskull would get to stay next to you, but if he does, then when Morgak comes in, he'd have support, and Morgak's already a little more accurate anyway. Yeah. Um, what? Uh... But ends up whiffing. Yeah. And uh, I believe you also whiff your yeah. rolls. No successes on either side, so... Yeah. Um, that means that uh, you get a walk counter, so that's helpful. Yeah, getting those walk counters early is also helpful. Um, getting inspired is a big deal, but power mm -hmm. step goes to you here. Yeah. Uh, what I'm seeing, I get kind of big end zone eyes here as like, okay, hold on, I've got a glory, I've got a damage upgrade, I have a gambit that can inspire Bahanar. If I put everything together, uh, then I can have... Uh, I can uh, swing with Bahnar, land four damage on Ardskull, and then finish him off with uh, Channel the Wind. Now, the problem with this play is that it uses up three of my power cards just to take one guy off. But, I mean, that seems pretty good, but it also assumes that there's nothing else can go wrong. Like, it means I'm assuming that you don't have a heal in hand. It means that I have to land the blow. Um, but not, not terrible. But what I do is I use uh, Channel the Zenith on uh bahanar to inspire him and i think this is a mistake not to play it on him but uh that i played it on him and i burned his ether quartz i said i want to inspire him yeah. and i want to inspire him permanently um and it, it just felt bad to say like well what if i you know what if i play this on him and he would have inspired and he automatically uninspires at the end of the round uh, i really should have only cared about extra damage for the round and instead i burned the ether quartz which crucially peels a defensive um buff on him and by that i mean his ether quartz which is usually uh nice to retain for a reroll so uh, i do that you pass i put uh glory seeker on bahanar 
Bahanar is doing four damage now, but he totally whiffs the attack. He does, and I breathe a large sigh of relief because <laughs> when I see the Glory Seeker come out, it's like, oh no, here we go again. Four yeah. damage Bahanar already coming in hot, but yeah. uh, lucked out a little bit there. So a whiff here leaves me with an inspired Bahanar next to Art Skull, uh, and then also three away from Morgok. Uh, I've got Heated Instinct in hand, and I'm like, well, I could use this. And so I, I make the decision here, uh, since you have uh, passed, I'm like, well, uh, what I'm going to do, if Morgok doesn't have a push and I push one away, then Morgok is not able to make a charge here. He doesn't have any walk counters, so he can't use his ability to push closer. Uh, so I, I make the gamble that you don't have any push in hand uh, and step one further back. You do. And I recognize that that is a very strong move and that leaving Bahanar for an entire round is probably not acceptable. So in response, I commanding stride forward only one hex just so that I can be within charge range again with Morgok. Yeah. And here I'm looking at Sanella and I'm like, oh no, he's got a line on Sanella. Uh, sanella has got decent defense here, um, but I'm not realizing that you're still all in on Bahanar. So yeah. uh, you can come in on Bahanar. You'll have supports, so will I. Yes, and the so, sort of the reason that I'm willing to even attempt this is I figure that you don't want to... So you've still got three more... Well, two more activations at this point, mm -hmm. and I assume you're not going to want to charge away with Bahanar when my fighters have already charged. And mm -hmm. I know that I have Brutal Reprisal in hand, so I feel like I probably have another attack on Bahanar at some point here. Yeah, and this is this is actually a, a token error on my part. I, I only have two because you made me go first. So I've taken yeah. two swings. I, I missed with uh, Sinella and missed with Bahanar so far. Yeah, and so when it comes back to me, I do charge with Morgok to try and get Bahanar. And I get one success. You crit and success out of it. Yeah. So, uh, which, taking note, would have inspired me here if uh, if I hadn't already burned Zenith. Um, would have. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, I can't be driven back. Not that you would anyway. No. Uh, goes on to my power step. And I do get the one wild oh, counter, yeah. which will be important. And for doing that, because of how you pushed, uh, it allowed me to charge in, like you said, where you'd have supports. And for doing that, oh, you know what? I actually did this wrong. So that's actually a mistake. That is something what I should have recognized. Uh, so Reckless Swing says that you will score this after you make a range one attack action if the target fighter has more supporting fighters than you do. Mm -hmm. uh, in this attack, we have equal numbers of supporting fighters. I should Fair. not have scored it, but yeah. I did because I did not recognize that I was in that situation. And to be fair, neither did I. Um, so... I mean, this is also part of why you play these games to like learn, uh, learn your fighters, um, learn your deck, but also sometimes it's just learning cards. Like sometimes it's just remembering, hey, keep this in mind, you know? Yeah, yeah. So and and then there's like some of this is just like you're you're kind of getting ahead of yourself, right? You're yeah. Thinking like, oh, I know that I need to make this charge into two enemy fighters, and then I can score this. It's like, whoa, slow down. Yeah, like, that's that's not what it is. Uh, <laughs> you know, you get excited and then. Sure. mistakes uh tell me now what do you draw into so i draw into clean kills which does not feel great here mm -hmm. um clean kills requires that i have six wounds of enemy fighters out of action and no enemy fighters having wound counters mm -hmm. um basically at this point i have to just hope that i can 
get to a point where I can score that in round two because yeah. I know at this point with two charges, I am not getting it this turn. Yeah. Um, it's over to me. I don't have, I'm still hanging on to channel the Zenith because Bahana are still doing four damage. And so I'm still, still got, you know, end zone eyes. I'm like, I can still, I still have a chance, uh, to get one of these guys. And I get greedy here where I'm like, uh, if I can, if I can swing and kill Morgok, like do four damage to one channel, the Zenith with, uh, one of my guys who still has an ether quartz, I could hit a damage onto each Ard Skull and Morgok and then swing again with Bahanar on my final activation. I could end up with two dead, um, uh, two dead crushes, uh, here mm -hmm. if I, if everything goes, uh, just right. Um, so I make the mistake. I forget some of my pregame plan, which is that, uh, I don't want to, uh, swing from adjacent to Morgok. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, if I do have to swing adjacent to a crusher, uh, whether it's Morgok or not, uh, I want to swing on not Morgok cause he's the more accurate of the two, uh, here because I'm, I all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, I got a chance to kill Morgok. My, my pregame planning. There's also some support things here where I've got one extra support on the attack. You'll, you'll have one on defense. Mm -hmm. Um, I swing, uh, and here's, here's in retrospect, what I, there's a couple things I could have done. I could have charged Miari onto, uh, a cover hex and thrown a blast in, maybe inspire Miari, maybe get a little bit of damage and set something else up or swing a staff or something like that. I have, I have options, uh, or I can charge Bahanar backwards, uh, get Bahanar out of the adjacent situation. Um, so, uh, there's a, there's a couple options and I don't take them. I take the one that is not with my planning. I get one success, which is a support courtesy of Sinella. Um, Morgok does not roll a defense. And so I do get to lay, um, what's going to be four damage on Morgok, except you have, you are not sure, right? You're, you're deciding whether or not you want to play Berserk. Four yeah. So I was thinking, so no matter what happens, Morgok ends up with some amount of wounds left over. Yeah. Uh, if I take Berserk Fortitude, he only has one walk counter, so it just peels one damage off. Mm -hmm. um, the thinking is that you probably have some way to, you know, ping for one damage, either with Mayari's ranged attacks or with some sort of a ploy or something. So it's mm -hmm. like, okay, let's just do it. Have two wounds left. Make you have to hit me with a two damage attack or more yeah. to finish him off then do brutal reprisal and get that extra attack to see if we can land the yeah. blow so this man uh you you went back and forth a little bit on this because you were like well like uh no i'll hang on to it uh actually yeah i guess it i guess it does make a difference and here i'm looking at uh channel the channel the win i'm like oh my god it makes such a big difference <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, yeah so uh, definitely a, a good choice on my part to make sure to not be at one wound left. Yep. Um, but yeah, so not only do you protect yourself, but you also have the brutal reprisal. Um, we spent a little time making sure these didn't occupy the same. Uh, you get two successes. So now I need two single support shields or crits on defense. And crucially, as we talked about earlier, I've burned an ether quartz counter, um, which is... Uh, as in hindsight is a huge mistake because yeah. I roll a dodge and a shield. Um, if I have an ether quartz counter here, I have a two thirds chance of getting out of this thing alive. You sure do. <laughs> uh, but, but I don't, uh, Bahanar goes down. You get primacy. No, you don't because nope. this is a reaction after it sure is. Yeah. But the kill feels really big here. Yeah. Um, 
And having played all three of those gambits, after the activation, I do score Auric Cunning. Mm-hmm. And I draw into Contest of Equals, mm-hmm. um, which is a great thing to draw into. Uh, so at this point, I'm feeling pretty good um, because now I've I've got Bahanar off the table and I know that I can kind of weather the storm a little bit from here. Yeah, not just Bahanar, but Bahanar plus, uh, plus one of my damage upgrades. True. Um, so... Um, me, I am stuck with uh, either Miari, who doesn't can't do a lot, or Aelin, who can come in and try basically that same two smash with a support against one shield with a support and try and finish off Morgok. And I guess before we get to that, this this uh, kill happened as a reaction. I did have a turn in between, but I just drew a power card. Oh, that's true. Um, and I drew Berserker Rage. So at this point, I know I can uh, spend some of that glory coming up probably in the next turn to try and mm-hmm. put the pedal down. Yeah. Um, so you're feeling good. I'm feeling kind of rough. I've got, I'm on one glory and that's spent on an upgrade for a dead guy. Um, but uh, I'm like, well, if I can get in there and kill Ard's gold and, or not Ard's gold, Morgok, maybe, maybe I've still got something to work with, uh, which I do with a double crit. From, uh, <laughs> you sure do. Take him right so, out. Big roll. Uh, it kind of gets me, feels like I'm back in because I, I get the kill. Uh, I get primacy because I took out and then I also inspire Aelin. So Aelin's yeah. all of a sudden quite accurate with three smash and cleave. Still doing, still only doing two damage. Um, but uh, got some options here. Yep. Uh, to finish things off for me, I, you know, I thug is too far away to make a charge. So, mm-hmm. We're just playing for round two at this point. Thug just moves forward into a position to be able to make charges on somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not much else to do here. I could have drawn another power card, but then it's probably another turn of Thug not doing anything. So yeah. it's better to get him in uh, for yeah. a future charge. Yeah. Um, and that uh, that kind of brings us to an end here. Um, yeah. So a, a couple things for me. What what are your thoughts on this round? Well, actually, let's score it out. I guess so. Yeah. So so you scored first. Yeah. Um, I score. Uh, I just have the kill and uh, the one surge that I scored during the round. I don't score anything else, and uh, I decide that I'm. Uh, I don't have any upgrades out, so I'm going to throw away prize beyond measure. Um, I throw away path to victory, uh, which. Man, in retrospect, like I could have played this round so much better if uh, I charged me Ariane to set this up. Uh, if I'd been um, smarter with, uh, I just wasn't playing towards that at all. And I also, so I throw out prize, I throw out um, path to victory, and I throw out uh, force of the avalanche, which all feel tough to score at this point. Uh, also, I spend my last glory that I have unspent on silent ring for Aelin, which uh i think is a mistake because it doesn't give alan any extra it means that i can't buy any upgrades that i happen to draw into uh and uh the card draw while could be helpful uh is totally dependent on me emptying my hand down to three cards uh pretty quickly and that there's no guarantee on that i I think this is a bad choice um it does mean that i'm going to end this round on three glory once i get the primacy as well yeah um so i am sitting at three glory although as we mentioned that should have probably only been uh for two 
And then going into scoring, uh, the last power step, I applied the Berserker Rage onto um, Ard Skull so that I had the four damage attack to be able to score Awesome Predator. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the only thing I score in the end phase, so I just get one more. So we should have been tied at this point, um, but, you know, sure. lessons learned. At this point, I believe I... Oh, I, uh, I, I got rid of... Uh, or I put Blunt Fort Master on just so I could draw an extra card. Um, I didn't actually expect it to do a whole lot, but you never know. And then um, we rolled off for round two. Yeah, what are what is the hand you're looking at going in round two? Yeah, so hand I'm looking at, I'm still sitting on clean kills and contest of equals, mm-hmm. um, drawing into primal display, which... Uh, so score immediately after get a kill if you gain the primacy from or if you already had the primacy I guess as well it's just you need to take a fighter out of action with an attack action and have the primacy mm. um, fairly doable just a kill um, and then for the power hand it's a little bit upgrade heavy but it's fairly decent ones so I've still got primal lunge um, and then I've got great strength and great fortitude and then for the gambits, I've lived for the fight so I can get more accurate. Um, importantly, Ard Skull at this point is a brawler. So mm-hmm. if I can get him inspired from a free attack, uh, he is sitting next to Highland at this point. Um, then his scything attack can have plus one dice for all of the attacks. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, counter charge. So I have some mobility options um, for repositioning if you make any charges at this point. Yeah. Uh, for me, I have drawn into silver lining, um, trace the ley lines and elemental blessing. Uh, this, this feels okay. Although trace the ley lines is dead. Uh, but the power, this combined with the power card hand is really rough. I draw, uh, I draw tectonic force as my only gambit, which is restricted to mm-hmm. Bahanar who's dead. I draw mountain stance, which is restricted to Bahanar who's dead. Uh, the only thing that's working for me is that I do have four upgrades in hand, and so Silver Lining is going to score on the first activation no matter what, uh, which will get me one to get something else out. So that my playable cards are Silent Helm, which feels pretty handy on Aelin, who still has an Aether Quartz and is on two block now that uh, now that she's inspired. We've got Champion's Fortitude for a reroll on defense, and I've got Shadowkeeper to put somebody on guard with a, with a reaction. Um, but I am in kind of an awkward spot where... Art school has a damage that it put on him from channel the wind, but I, it's going to take me at least a couple attacks. I don't have any damage buffs here. So, uh, I'm, I'm in a little awkward spot and I am at like 60% strength on my gambit hand or my power hand because, uh, because of Bahanar's death. Yep. I win the roll off. You sure do. Uh, I go with Aelin on art school. Uh, I do a lot of talking about like, having cleave and that sort of thing until you point out to me that all I need is a success. Yep. <laughs> I have no defense dice. So, yeah. so Aelin, uh, gets two damage through on, uh, our art skull, uh, drives you back to prevent like a free attack. Um, and then I show all my cards because I've got silver lining score a glory. So I'm up to four with one on spent and it's your power step. It is. I'm at this point, I'm deciding that I'm going to go in for, now that Ardskull can't get free attacks, I'm just going to go in for a big swing anyway. Um, 
because I want to use live for the fight, get him accurate and try and get a kill. Yeah. Um, I actually planned this turn with a bit of a mistake in mind. Uh, I was thinking that I could put out primal lunge, get a kill, get the primacy and then burn it right away. Uh, we checked after the words that is not possible. Um, the interaction timing is that you would actually gain the primacy after that reaction window. Yeah. Um, so small mistake. It didn't actually end up mattering, um, as you'll True. see here soon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for me, I'm, I'm looking at, we're now four to four. Uh, Aelin has not charged. I'm looking at art school saying this guy's got a charge. He's the threat. Once he's charged, I'm kind of in an okay position, I think. Uh, cause thugs only doing two unless he, uh, upgrades. So like maybe, maybe I've got a route forward, um, uh, is, is where I'm at, but I can't figure out, do I want to increase Sinella's defense, uh, who is on a cover hex with dodge likely with support, but maybe not, maybe not for sure. Uh, I could put, I could get Sinella on guard, uh, or I could improve, uh, Aelin's defensive capabilities. Uh, and I choose to, I choose to lean into Aelin, get another silent relic on her. Uh, I put silent helm. So silent helm and silent ring on Aelin. Yep. Uh, which does make me think that, um, so at this point I, I do apply the primal lunge as we discussed, uh, at this point I am thinking that now Sinella is the more appropriate target because it's much harder to hit Aelin. Mm -hmm. So I charge into this, uh, you know, giving you the support so that I have access to try and make this extra attack that I can't actually do. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I make the attack and I get double crits on Sinella. Yeah. So, so Sinella bites it. You get primacy. Get primacy. Scores me primal display for the kill and primacy. Um, drawing me to unafraid which is pretty solid right now because we're mm -hmm. already bunched up pretty well. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, now I'm standing next to Artskull, who is in killable range with Aelin. So I'm down 4-6, but I feel like I can get this kill, and then it's Aelin and Miari against Thug. That feels pretty doable. Um, yep. Uh, so... <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, you, we, we accidentally have you make your yeah. attack, um, discarding primacy, um, and then you put great fortitude out, which yeah. takes you back out of kill kill range, so it feels bad again. Yeah. So uh, oh, and I guess you do knock Aelin back with this uh, with this brutal lunge mm, attack. So there, so it did have a little bit of a, a impact there, but mm -hmm. um, but yeah. So I mean, a, a misplay and every misplay is going to have cascading consequences so sure. um just best to learn from them they happen everybody makes mistakes yep um so we are looking at uh six five you put out a uh, great strength at this point on thug uh yeah i didn't need to yet <laughs> yeah it's just a hair early and it, it gives me a little bit more information like okay i actually do have to worry about thug yep uh there's not a lot i can do about it so it's actually okay uh at this point you also realize that you would have scored uh, contest it equals off that primacy attack which again is a <laughs> yeah so cascading mistakes but um yes um i throw out a uh live for the fight and i start making some weird decisions here where uh i'm like well uh art school i it's going to take two attacks to get art school anyway let me toss miari over um if i can get 
one hit through with the staff, then I can do enough damage that Aelin can finish off. I might inspire Miari. I've drawn into uh, unequal contest, so if I get lucky and roll two successes, then I can score that. Uh, so I'm, I'm kind of doing some weird choices, chasing some things, but it's it's because I figure I've only got one attack left with Aelin, uh, and so... Uh, I might as well get Miari involved now. Unfortunately, uh, Miari triggers a counter charge, bringing Thug in, which is not great. Um, yep. Rolls one success, which is enough to, uh, because you don't have any defense. Yep. <laughs> uh, I put Art School one away from dead. Yeah. And uh, we, so at this point, nothing happens for Power Step, and we go mm-hmm. straight into an attack from Thug. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does manage to roll a crit. Um, that land. crit is downgraded, downgraded because uh, you're going after Aelin, and that crit yep. is downgraded into a normal success, which Aelin is able to uh, defend. Uh, rolling two, looking for shields and singles. So yep, that feels good. Um, <laughs> driving Aelin back, and uh, Thug is uh, soundless, stepping around, doing some positioning changes. Yeah, um, trying to like force weird. So at this point, I'm just trying to think, okay, what is my absolute best chance of protecting Ard Skull? And it's just like making you have to charge into bad spots because yeah. Ard Skull has no defense dice. <laughs> yeah. Um, so on paper, 7-4, two fighters against two. I feel really good about knocking Ard Skull down here. Um, so, and Ard Skull has enough wounds that he's worth two uh, on a bounty. So I'm feeling pretty good. Unfortunately, none of the objectives in my hand are likely to score because Aelin should be rolling four dice with... Uh, Silent Rings upgrade, so I'm not going to score Contest of Equals. Uh, I don't have an Elemental Blessing in hand, so I can't score, uh, or Elemental Ploy in hand, so I can't score Elemental Blessing. And uh, Trace of the Ley Lines is dead in my hand right now because of the objectives that are out um, mm. and the number of fighters I have. So uh, I got to decide, like, I'm just going to go for board positioning. Maybe I can make this happen with the, um, with the kill. I come running in. Uh, I do score the kill on Art Skull bringing it to a, a six to seven. Um, so feels pretty good for just a second here. <laughs> uh, I get Miari uh, with uh, Shadow uh, Shadow Keeper on, which is helpful uh, to dodge on guard and a cover. Now I'm feeling like I got some really good defense out there. On the flip, I'm fighting Thug, who starts rolling a lot of dice in a hurry. So Yeah, um, I guess I, I'm also realizing here that... Uh since I scored contest of equals, you should have scored contest of equals. I don't know how much of a difference that would have made for. No, uh, I, I have unequal contest. I scored oh, you contest have unequal equals in the contest. first round. Yes, yeah, I'm, right. I'm right now. I'm in this bad position of trying to uh, roll all successes. With, <laughs> yeah, which is good if I've got rerolls in hand, but I don't. Uh, right. So, so at this point, uh, I take Thug's additional free attack, which is how I had positioned with Silent Step to mm-hmm. um, sort of guarantee that I'd get that attack. I only roll the one success though. So again, um, no, yeah. no success trying to take out Ilan on that attack. Yeah. The important thing here is it does get Thug to, uh, two, yep. uh, two walk counters, which inspires him, which is mostly important for letting him then spend those walk counters for extra, uh, accuracy, which is yeah. a big deal. Um, very big deal. Um, you also knock Aelin off of a uh, off a cover and step into it yourself using your soundless step, which is a good move. Yeah, I just wasn't sure what you were holding for trying to score, so I was like, sure. "Well, I might as well." It doesn't hurt That's anything. A strong play because uh, all I've got is Miari on an objective. So if I happen to have uh, rising or was it sinking, sinking tide, sinking feeling, sinking feeling, 
sinking feeling or um, uh, dominant position, that maneuver there would have uh, denied it. What you didn't know is that I had hot garbage in my hand. Right <laughs> I did not know. Um, um, so yeah, so I'm, yeah, I'm up first. I don't score anything. Uh, I throw away trace the ley lines, which I'm not super happy with right now. I think that may get swapped out. I hang on to elemental blessing because I know I've got one more elemental ploy in the deck. Um, I, I, and I, I feel like I, I don't know. I, I think I've also got dual of wits, so I think I may be able to draw to it. Um, and it's a passive, what I do hang on to, which I think is a bad idea since I don't have rerolls out is unequal contest. Mm -hmm. Um, but I've only got four objectives left in the deck. So, uh, but I do draw into dual of wits, uh, perfect stance, uh, channel the river, which is the, the push elemental ploy, um, hypnotic, uh, aspect, which is a distraction, but a spell and, uh, sidestep. So still not still not finding the rest of the damage upgrades and damage yeah. uh, cards in here, which is uh, problematic for me. Uh, and then the one objective that I get to draw is scant resources, which feels doable. Yep. So right now I'm saying, okay, elemental blessings is going to go off. I could either get it the two spell way, or I could get it by, uh, I have either courts on both my remaining fighters. I could get it that way. I should be able to get scant with some positioning, um, but I'm going to need me already to get lucky to get unequal, but I'm only down one feels pretty good. And then you, uh, do your end phase. Yeah. And then I, I blow, I blow the game open here a little bit. I get, um, clean kills unafraid and wasteland all yeah. at once. Uh, wasteland, I think is probably one that does not fare too well in best of three, but I think more often than not in one of the games, it'll score almost guaranteed. So, mm -hmm. uh, it feels pretty solid. Um, and once you're down to one fighter, unafraid is almost guaranteed. So, mm -hmm. um, so well, it's a five glory here for me. In defense of wasteland, uh, your objectives are so deep in your own territory that even if I wanted to try to deny it, it'd been it'd been hard. I would have had to put an objective in yours with yeah. the intention to go run onto it. So, yeah. feels feels pretty good. Yeah, I think um, it's doable. Yeah, that I, I take note of clean kills at this point. Like, okay, uh, I don't remember clean kills being in this deck before. If it was, it didn't come up. Uh, if I was to play more games, you do so much damage anyway that I might consider a board that has a lethal step somebody through it early mm, just to yeah. uh, um, protect against that. But Yeah, that's actually so, an interesting point because, uh, well, I hadn't thought about it before. If somebody tries to do that counterplay, that makes Blunt Force Master a lot better for me. Yep. Um, but it's interesting. So, so to just to draw up for the next round, I've got at this point... Um, silver lining, uh, new card I was trying out looming threat. Uh, this is for ending, uh, with two friendly fighters against one enemy fighter. Yeah. Uh, so at this point, completely dead card and then bold deeds, which feels pretty good at this point because I've already sure. scored it. Um, yeah. all you gotta do is keep thug alive or thug in my territory and you're good to go. Yeah. Which is not like super hard to do um he's at full health right now still and uh nicely i just drew into healing potion yeah um and then i've also got mirror move for the extra uh you know for inevitably when you <laughs> decide to use some sort of push tech against me i can try and get back in position yeah. uh and then i've also got eager advance so just another push um but also get a walk counter which effectively mm -hmm. is like an extra dice because Thug is inspired. 
Um, then I've got outrun death, so I can just make thug fast enough that you can't really run away from him. And then uh, lastly, I've got brute charge for the upgrades. So uh, four gambit hand while holding silver lining, uh, <laughs> not what you like to see. But at this point, being ahead 12-6, I don't feel too badly about it. Yeah, for me, I've got three objectives left in the deck. I can't remember what they all are, but I know that there's sinking feeling and dominant position. So I know there's three uh, glory in there. Um, if I can get elemental blessing out, I, I'm going to get elemental blessing because of, of, it's just how I'm going to do it and scant. I'm, I'm doing the math a little bit. And I'm like, I, I have a route as long as I don't bleed too much more. Um, I, I could make this happen. Um, but... Uh, but I, one thing I do is I kind of make a little bit of a plan here and then uh, forget to adapt it. So uh, we tie on the roll and then you win. Yes. And so, of course, I'm going to start by trying to take out Ilen. Mm -hmm. uh, I burn two walk counters so that I have five dice uh, <laughs> with Fury and I roll absolutely nothing. Yeah. Um, so feels bad, but <laughs> at least for making an attack, you get a walk counter. So, you know, a little bit of a rebate there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, basically means that every attack you're going to make is at four fury or better. Yep. Uh, here now I'm in the position of I'm far behind and I need to try and score my objectives to be able to catch up. It's not enough to just kill thug. Um, I am looking at the possibility. I'm like, okay, well, if I can get a, if I can get two spells to go off, I can score elemental blessing without burning an aether quartz counter. Uh, and if I can keep my aether quartz counters for defense, that's a pretty big deal. Uh, cause every glory is going to count here. Yep. So, um, I don't have a really great reason to do this. Uh, but I, I decide that I'm going to, uh, my, my main thing is I'm going to see if I can get hypnotic aspect off. It only needs a channel to go, um, a lightning bolt that is, um, like I'll, I'll pull thug over to where Miari can swing, a staff, uh, which will benefit from supports on Aelin. Maybe I can get, uh, uh, unequal contest off of that and then, uh, start chipping damage off thug, which will get me closer. Um, so I, I do, um, uh, start getting ready for that or I, I consider it, but, uh, I played I outrun mean, death first. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I think you use like, I don't see any reason why I shouldn't just do this now. And then you did it. And then I do what stuff is. Yep. So. And then I gave myself yeah. a reason to not just do stuff. <laughs> uh, crucially, this draws me into heightened senses, which is a reroll, uh, which I should have been paying attention to. I don't have any glory to spend to get it out, but also get a damage upgrade. So now I'm like, okay, I have a lot of upgrades that I really want to get out. Um, How's this going to happen? Um, this is where I do that uh, hypnotic aspect. I get really lucky and roll double channels. So I actually inspire Miyari off of this. Yeah. Um, and I drag Thug to that uh, get off the cover. Uh, unfortunately, you have mirror move in hand and uh, put Aelin out of, uh, out of where I want to be. Yep. So no supports for you. And you go in to make a sp spell attack? Uh, I'm pretty sure I go for, yeah, I must've gone for a spell attack. Now that I don't have supports, uh, the staff doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. So, um, I decided like the spell, if I can get uh, another spell to go off, then I'll score elemental blessing, mm. uh, without having to burn an aether quartz counter. Uh, but I roll, I, I, uh, the magic dice are stuck on channels. <laughs> yeah. Everything's so, channels. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I, I totally whiffed this attack. Um, the plus side for me is that we are, uh, you're not adjacent to anyone, so I'm thinking you're going to have to charge. Yeah, I am wrong, though. I, 
I use the eager advance, which then gets me that extra wa counter. Mm. So I'm back against Ilen. Mm -hmm. uh, you here, I I decide this is this is the time I'm going to try and get. Uh, I'm going to do it now. I'm going to get my um, elemental blessing out. So I, I use channel the river. I push Miari three. Uh, I think this is actually a, a pretty bad play in retrospect. I just move on to another cover hex. What I could have done here is move Alen, use it to uh, push Alen further away so that Thug would only get one more attack. Um, yeah. I On the other hand, I was thinking like, well, Alen, if Alen can survive this, then Alen can just wail away on you. Um, and there's nothing... I, I do this to get a glory, but the glory is not necessarily anything that I need to spend right away. Um, so I, this, is, this is generally a bad play. It does draw me into... A pursuit of excellence, which is an upgrade. Uh, if I have three upgrades on a single fighter, uh, i.e., Alen at the end, then I'm mm -hmm. uh, I'll get extra glory. So that feels good. Um, yeah. So right now in hand, I, I think I've got a pretty guaranteed four. We're at seven twelve. I'm like, okay, like I, all I have to do is find one more, and with killing Thug, that might be it, and I, I win the tiebreaker. So I feel like I've got a route back, uh, but I'm making some misplays here. Yeah, so at this point, I, I go again into just attacking Ilen. I've got five dice again, so it's like, mm -hmm. all right, here we go. Let's get yeah. get the job done. Yeah, uh, I'm defending on two shields. Uh, I have uh, Champion's Fortitude, Silent Helm, and an Aether Quartz counter. So I managed to roll one Fury this time. So, you yeah. know, it's, it's going to happen. <laughs> uh, I roll two double supports. Uh, we talk about the timing on this. I need to look this up uh, about exactly how this works because um, I've got the potential for two rerolls. I got one guaranteed from Champion's Fortitude, uh, and then I can spend my Ether Quartz counter. And what I'm not sure is whether I get to decide uh, before I see the Champion's Fortitude reroll whether I have to spend the Ether Quartz counter. I go the more conservative route and say, okay, I'm going to spend the Ether Quartz. Um, uh, then we'd roll them one at a time to see if it would matter. I reroll the first double into a double uh, and or into a single and I roll the other double into a single and uh yeah your one your one fury gets through I was feeling bad uh however on 10 dice uh worth of two attacks you rolled a single success I so did. Uh, uh to be fair it was it was two pretty <laughs> atrocious rolls um and uh yeah super rough is that uh Aileen goes down you get primacy my best bet at uh um pursuit of excellence goes down and uh, I'm I'm really hurting now. Yeah. So at this point, I'm feeling like it would be hard for you to come back, but uh, it's always always a possibility here because you've got some bigger scoring uh, and face stuff. Yep. Um, for me, uh, here's where I start to I, I instead of pausing for a second to reassess. So what I'm looking at is I am down by six effectively seven because i'm unlikely to get primacy back from you so i'm gonna have to score out almost everything um i've got one upgrade on miari i've got one on spent glory so i need to get another glory out to get pursuit of excellence but if i can so what doing the math i'm like if i can get a kill if i can get scant if i can get pursuit uh that will get me to five more that gets me 12 to 14 that means in order to do anything i have to score this surge and that's something that i don't I don't realize at this point I'm looking at it. I have a glory to spend. I could spend it on heightened senses, uh, to get mm -hmm. a reroll on Miari's attacks. 
uh, I'm not recognizing that I absolutely have to score this surge. And so I make an att- I, I leave that glory. I leave that glory unspent, make an attack without the reroll. I get one success, um, which goes through for two damage, but, uh, crucially doesn't score me that, um, does not score me that, uh, objective. Yeah. At this point, I decide to burn my healing potion just mm-hmm. to try and make it that much harder. I only get the one heal, but it still means you need to do four more damage. Yeah. Um, uh, we're now seven to 13 plus your primacy. So I, I still have like a long shot here, but I'm going to need to land. Um, when I need to score the objective and, uh, basically do exactly what I just talked about. I need, uh, I need at least to score this surge. Uh, and for some reason I get fixated on Miari might die and I put perfect stance on Miari, which is absolutely the wrong play here. Um, it doesn't help me score that surge that I need. Um, so bad, bad play. What, what I did not realize in this situation though, is that because you are on a cover hex. So Mm -hmm. I, I upgrade with brutal charge. So when I make this final attack, I'm rolling smash and fury. But what I don't realize is that because you're on guard and you have perfect stance and you're on the <laughs> support uh, on the cover hex that every single thing that you could possibly roll on your defense dice uh, are going to be successes. So you can't yeah. possibly roll failures, yeah. which means I need multiple crits or I need uh, just more successes than you can possibly roll um, <laughs> on four dice. That is not uh, good odds. So yeah. uh, I I'm just like focused in on let's charge my Ari. Let's try and get this kill with four dice. Um, I roll one success and realize after that, that that means I missed my attack. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so not only do I defend it, but I, I crit defend it. So I get to splash a damage back from shadow. doesn't really matter because there's, it's three left to kill you in this case, uh, that healing potion healing one is potentially a big deal. Um, unfortunately I've spent my glory out and so I've got two attacks left and I'm still fishing for the double success. Uh, I whiff. So now you, we know that you're going to live. Yep. Um, so you just cycle, uh, I roll, uh, my last attack, uh, it's a crit versus crit. Uh, so I, I don't get through and I don't score the objective. So what that means is that I'm one glory short of being able to get to pursuit of excellence. I can delve into scant, um, so I score two finishing the game on nine and you finish on yeah, 16 so I, or 17. I pick up two for um, bold deeds and then I get primacy to put me to 16. Mm. Um, so it feels kind of blow out like it's a it's you almost doubled me up there. Um, but I think with smarter play, it was it was fun to realize that I had like I was in it. Uh, if I could have figured out that I needed that reroll, then there's a, a chance that I score an equal contest, uh, and I can dig, then I dig into, uh, I'll get pursuit and then I'll, uh, get, so I, I would have been another four. I, I needed to find the kill, um, to deny you bold deeds, uh, was yeah. the piece I didn't realize, but, uh, um, it wasn't impossible, which was, which was pretty good given that Bahanar, uh, died so early. It felt, uh, felt yeah. good to be kind of in it. Um, and to know that it's, you know, a loss when you, when you can look back and like, all right, here are some things I could have done better that, that, uh, that feels good. So, yeah, the, the avenues were still there. Um, and like, I didn't even recognize some of that stuff, even when we t- did our post game talk. Um, but 
looking through it now, it's like, oh man, I was probably feeling too confident about how my <laughs> positioning was in this game. Like it could have gone much worse for me. Yeah. Um, and realizing that, you know, that one misplay probably did have some impact on the game. I think it probably would have dropped me about a one glory. Um, so, you know, I mean, if we make that a, a recalculation, it's like, okay, so I should have probably ended at 15. And then if you had a few more things go your way, it's like this game was incredibly close despite the box score. Mm-hmm. Um, the last hand for me in the objectives feels really bad. Um, I, I knew that looming threat was completely dead. I knew silver lining was completely dead. Um, and then I knew I had bold deeds pretty much tied up as long as I didn't die. So it was like, well, let's just cycle for whatever. And knowing that it was probably a surge, cause I was thinking about what else was left. And I was like, yeah, it's probably not anything I can <laughs> score, but let's just double check. And it was branching fate. And yes, it was impossible to score. So round three really was a kind of a dud for me. I got one kill out of it, but that's about it. Yeah. Um, so in retrospect, looming threat is probably not a great play. Um, I think that we had talked about there's there's a couple other primacy options that might be better. Yeah. Um, but overall, the deck did what it supposed to do this time around um and the aggressive play on bahanar paid off but there was no Mm -hmm. guarantee that that was going to happen and i realized uh through redoing this game that i probably should have waited to charge bahanar again um Mm. i could have drawn that power card earlier i don't know that it would have mattered but like there's no reason to you know go quite as early and give yeah. me as many swing yeah it gives you more opportunities to kill morgok and it's just not really a good reason to try and do that so right some good lessons learned there are there any cards that you were thinking about that i know you've you've mentioned a couple as we were going along uh that you you are now thinking some lessons learned that you want to potentially make changes well, I'm pretty unimpressed with Trace the Ley Lines. It, it felt like an easier score than it ended up being. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so there's that. Uh, and then I've got uh, I've got Sidestep in right, right now, which is just, you know, universally helpful. Um, I have to think about whether I want to swap that out for Cover of Darkness, which is a, a push two to get yeah. somewhere, but it has to be on to cover. So... Um, those are those are the two I'm looking at most strongly right now. Um, yeah, I think I think those are both good. I mean, I can definitely see Cover of Darkness working well for you here, uh, knowing mm-hmm. that you're playing scant resources in dominant position. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I think more often than not, you'll probably have landing spots, um, mm-hmm. and with multiple fighters with long range it feels like a good uh, a good inclusion. They'll probably be more useful than sidestep most of the time. Yeah. Um, so uh, the question will be what to put in instead of uh, trace the ley lines. There's a purifying yeah. light, which is, is Miari holding an objective. Um, that feels pretty easy uh, with the exception being that if Miari's dead, it's also dead. But uh, yeah, <laughs> so... End phases are so hard to come by right now. They can be, sure. So, um, but yeah, 
Uh, I'm feeling pretty happy with it. This is actually uh, this is actually the first game I've lost with these guys in in practice. I've had some that were, you know, a dice roll away from being lost, so it, it doesn't feel as dominant as that makes it sound. Yeah, um, but uh, it's feeling pretty good. Um, feeling pretty happy with it, uh, and I feel like this is uh, a challenging matchup, and you you're uh, getting to know these guys pretty well in this matchup pretty well. So yeah, um, I yeah. I'm also feeling pretty good about these guys where they've sort of ended up, like I said, trying to still work out a few things. Looming threat probably doesn't stay mm. um, a little bit on the fence still about keeping blunt force master, but I, I do feel like it's going to come up eventually. <laughs> um, like there'll probably be a match with like Hrothgorn or something where it's like, Hey, I'll just stagger him. And then, yeah, you know, that reroll could come up pretty big. Sure. Um, or I suppose taking guard counters off hasn't hasn't yeah. ever timed out right for that, but there's been situations where it could come up. I mean, the dream with Rothgorn is that uh, Blunt Force Master lets you lob him into his own trap, you know? Oh, man. <laughs> that would be so great to finish a, yeah. finish a game where you kill Rothgorn with his own <laughs> trap and be like, oh, well... There you go. Um, So I think it's still good. And like, I don't know what else would be better at this point. Um, I have thought that I maybe have too many plus damage upgrades, but, you know, sort of the worst match, I think, for these guys is either high defense or high wounds opponents Mm. because it's hard to get kills. And so like the the mirror match, you really need the damage for. So it's like, well, let's probably keep it because yeah. you don't want to be caught out but that's about it you any any other parting thoughts for folks any other things you're considering uh, no um and we got into specifics on decks but the i hope the uh i hope the conversation about how we're thinking about our decisions in game and how we're thinking about uh, our decks uh helps folks or is interesting um Let's you think about how you uh, approach your own games or your own deck building as well. Um, if you're going to be one of our opponents, then just uh, pretend you didn't hear any of this. Yeah, uh, yeah. Or, if or, uh, <laughs> or uh, we're definitely changing these drastically. Like I'm, I'm taking sepulchral guard. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be that, be that sole sepulchral guard player. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, if you're furiously taking notes, well, hope we don't face you. But if you do, you know, more power to you. uh all right well i think that just about does it for us today um if you like the episode if you didn't like the episode just in general if you've got feedback for us uh you can always get back to us at wthcast on twitter or what the hexcast at gmail.com uh if you'd like to check out any of the other content uh that we have in our podcast group you can head on over to themortalrealms.com We've got uh, all sorts of different lore content from uh, Age of Sigmar in general, or uh, if you'd like to check out any of the other smaller games from the Age of Sigmar sort of universe, we've got stuff for all of that as well. Um, We are definitely going to be recording again here fairly soon. Um, Just just the way with Adepticon landing, we're going to have to have something ready to go. Uh, yeah, but I don't think we have nailed down exactly what yet. TBD. There's a there's a hail mary where we might try to record something at the at the event and release you some awful <laughs> sounding audio. <laughs> we'll do it from, live. From the hotel room. So, yeah. 
um, we're, we're going to be, uh, in heated discussions about how to go about this. So. Yeah. Yeah. Should be good. Yeah. Uh, all right. Recommended listening for folks. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, a tip of the hat to the agri war band winning this matchup, uh, is point and kill by little Ooh. Sims. Um, okay. off of sometimes I might be introvert. That is an amazing album that, uh, everyone should check out and that's a really excellent song from that awesome sounds good well maybe i'll check that one i haven't heard of little sims mm, uh, so good there we go <laughs> something for me to do tonight uh <laughs> for what the hex i've been phil i've been davy Almost, almost under, like, it's what, two weeks tomorrow? <laughs> I know, right? Uh, cool.